one of these days I will finish the tweet before we start the How show. How do you just not talk while the audio's going live? No, it's fine. Every I gotta fucking do time. What are you... Like you tr- what are you trying to... You're trying to nail the intro for once in our entire life? Hey! It's not gonna it happen. Like, just trying. Special guest Gary Whitta joins me on today's morning show. Come watch. Watch. Twitch. Hold on. Twi- hold on, everyone. Twitch.tv slash kinda funny games. There it is. And we'll put Gary Whittle. Do, do you have a GIF in there? Let's see. No, it's fine. You're not doing a show right now. Oh, great. Keep focusing on your thing. Why not? You're going to get to Last Starfighter. How about that? A classic. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? What's wrong? Is it not? Are we not streaming? No, we are. We're live. I'm confused. Are we live or are we not live? Yeah, I have no point that anyone said that we're not live. You said you're not doing a show. You just said you're not doing a show. Yeah, I know. Like, you, you are. Like, you're saying oh, you're saying the show that I'm doing right now is yeah. garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah. we are live. We've, yeah, we've been live. Okay. Well, let me turn it up a notch. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Kind of Funny Morning Show uh, for Friday. Uh, what is it? December 8th. It's Friday. That's great. Ten more days until we're on break. Guess what I'll be doing? Nothing. Kevin loaned me Wolfenstein, and the new Colossus 2, I think is what it's called. Is that what it is? I'm going to play the shit out of that on the break. Does that check out? Don't worry about it. My name is Nick Scarpino. Joining me today, special guest, friend of the show, fellow, I get, how do we describe you now? Are you, you're, you're loaning us your talents on almost a weekly basis. This is fantastic. Mr. Gary Wood has joined us. I don't know what my status is. I, I used to be just a friend of the show, but mm-hmm. now you actually pay me to come in and do the games daily You're kind show. Of like, wait, you get so paid like, part of the team. Kind of like a cousin, but I don't yeah. feel like I'm like actually like the core family, but more like a, a do- adopted, like yeah. a foster child. You're like that fun uncle that comes in and has all sorts of cool stories and gets us a PS4 for our birthday and then like goes away. And we're like, God, we want to be like him, not like our stupid parents. You know I like what I mean? that's that, 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 that. I'm going to stick with that because that's okay. the best. That's the best um, analogy I've I've heard. Yeah, Let's yeah. Stick with that, the fun uncle. I like that. You're like my my uncle. I have an uncle Mike who uh, lives out in Arizona and shoots guns a lot. So every time we'd go out with him, he'd always have something cool for us to do. Right. Like, they never had kids, so uh, they never had to like have that like. Hey, we have to be responsible. They got to stay cool. Yeah, they got to just stay cool. They didn't, have the, they didn't have the, the, the life beat out of them Mm-mm. by parenting. Not by me and my asshole brother. Right. Yeah, we were terrible. We were <laughs> terrible. If you ever wonder why Elena Scarpino is a little nutty, it's, it's me times two for 37 years of her life. That's what we've done to that poor woman. Yeah, so get her a present of something. Yeah, get her maybe get her the Nobel Peace Prize or something like that. I don't know. Gary, how you been? I've been good. Yeah, I'm I mean, loving the sweater you got right now. You like this? It's very festive. It's very festive. It's very Mario. Very Mario. It's there a, you go. It's, it's a combination of uh, two things I love, Christmas and Super Mario. I love it. We I, were talking earlier. I'm like, I wish you could wear this sweater year-round. I really do. Yeah, and then we said, you, you kind of wish it, but you really don't. Like People do say like they want Christmas to be all year-round. It's a nice idea in theory. Mm-hmm. You really don't want that. Christmas is special because it only comes once a year. It's if it were all year-round, then that, it would just be life. Yeah. And yeah. life sucks. Life does no, suck. Life could be dope, the great way. thing about Christmas is it's better than normal life. You, you got to have the downs for the ups exactly. to be that much higher. Right. I will say this. Uh, I do love that starting right after Thanksgiving, you start getting the, the Christmas music everywhere you go. And yeah. it's always that song from Love Actually. You know, I don't want a lot for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you, right? Yeah. And I imagine the scene with a little kid who was then in Game of Thrones where he's doing the drums. Did you ever see Love Actually? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and the girl, she goes, you, and she points at him and he smiles and she goes, and you, and you. And he goes, oh, I don't like that. But then they end up like, you know. If you oh, could, I've always, if you could write a hit, you remember the, the, you ever see the Hugh Grant movie that was based on the book about a boy? I've seen every Hugh Grant movie. <laughs> so Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant, if you remember in that movie, mm-hmm. He was kind of a, like a, he just lays around all day and didn't do anything, but yeah. he was rich because his dad, his dad wrote that Christmas, Christmas song. song. Yeah. Because it even, it, you know, as, as, as we see it at this time of year, you, obviously you hear it all the time. Like, all the time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time is, if that were not a Christmas song, if it were just like a regular song, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be getting it, it wouldn't be like the, the, no. the royalties would not be what they are. It would also would go away. At Christmas, we just play, if it's about Christmas, doesn't matter if love it's good it. or bad. We, we just we just want to hear it. Oh, so you don't actually have to have a good song. It just have to be it has to be about Christmas. So what you're saying is, instead of doing this morning show today, you and I should sit down and write the ultimate Christmas song. I think so that we could, can retire and not have you to do show anymore. Go live on an island. Thanksgiving, 
song. A Thanksgiving song? We do, but where is that? Is it, we talked about doing that as well. I mean, he's, yeah. got, he's got almost a whole year. Does he? No. Well, in our time, we're running out of time. If we have a year to do something here at Kind of Funny, we better have started six months ago because we're not the best at I think if you deadlines. guys were to release a Kind of Funny Thanksgiving single mm-hmm. and accompanying video, mm-hmm. that I, I think that could be Gary, truly Gary, okay. I shit Epic. you not. We've got our best man working on it. You, have, do you really? Are you working on it? I'm looking at you in the eyes right now. Working on it right now. I'm very excited about this. You, maybe you guys can retire early. We'll see. You could start the whole tradition of like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving music, year. right? Yeah. You could have the Thanksgiving number late one. Late next year, super single. late. Is there, name one. November, here's what I'm saying. Name year. one Thanksgiving song. All right, I can name fifty Halloween songs, fifty Christmas songs. Yeah. Name one song so, name about them. turkey. Name fifty. Fifty. Fifty Halloween songs. Halloween songs. Greg, write them down. Look, I mean, here's Monster the cla- here's the classic example. Okay. Look, You're at look, two. What? For Halloween? <laughs> oh, I mean, there's a bunch. I mean, here's the thing. We're so desperate for Halloween songs that we even co-opt things. Like, remember, you know, Rockwell? Somebody's mm-hmm. watching. Oh, yeah. I always somebody, feel like somebody's watching me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really a Halloween song. It's, it's just, just kind of creepy. Kind of creepy. It's just like, yeah, but it got co-opted. Something. It gets played at Halloween every yeah. year. Somebody blew my mind the other day when they told me that you've never actually heard the Monster Mash. Really? You've heard a song about the Monster Mash. We did the mash. Yeah. They were doing the mash. The Monster Mash. So he's describing them doing the mash. Right. But that's not actually the Monster Mash. It's a song about the Monster Mash. What is the Monster Mash? Well, well, I mean, we may may never know. It's kind of like that Tenacious D song, the best song in the world. Mm -hmm. It's not actually the best song in the world. It's a song song about the best song song in the world. That song. But look at, for example, an untapped market. Look at Adam Sandler. Yeah. Came out with a Hanukkah song. Mm-hmm. Not, it was the first, there, there were no other Hanukkah songs. Nope. And, and now that's a, it became a and huge hit. Hanukkah I mean, it was good as well, but song. it became a huge hit. That's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying, guys. So this is the untapped market, the if Thanksgiving song. If you want real success, I'm not talking about the success that I'm currently enjoying right now where I just get to do this show for you guys. I'm talking about real success. you got to innovate. you got to take what's been done before, throw it out the window. Find a market, right, a niche market that no one's ever explored before and exploit the shit out of you it. You don't skate to where the puck is. You skate to where the puck is going to be. Football. And this is where the puck is going to exactly. be. Exactly. Exactly. If you look at the market, Halloween, saturated. Christmas, saturated. Small little mi- moment in there of Thanksgiving that no one's talking about. No one's, I'm saying right now, you love turkeys? Let's write a song about a turkey. Well, I'm saying that's the great thing. I mean, just like Christmas, there are so many kind of Thanksgiving tropes that could provide material pumpkin for Pumpkin size latte could be five songs. You've got your pumpkin lattes, yeah. you've got your having a horrible time at the airport, you've got right. your turkey, your ham, your candied yams. The canned cranberry. Your cranberry, cran- the wobbly cranberry the wobbly, sauce. The wobbly cranberry. Arguments Kevin with your down. racist relatives <laughs> about politics. You've got it all. I, I mean, got all There's so man. many ways. You, you, you could do a whole album. You could do a Thanksgiving album. <sighs> Kevin. Yep. Call up Andy Cortez. Tell him to stop whatever he's doing right now and finish the Thanksgiving song. You know what I would call the he Thanksgiving album? Home. What's that? Thanks for nothing. It's genius. I'm telling you right now, guys. I don't even want to do the show anymore. <laughs> I want to end. The, ladies and gentlemen, that's your morning show for December 8th. Gary yeah, and I are going to retreat back to the back room. Retreat into the kind of we're funny gonna, skunk works. We're going to write this. Start on this right Thanks away. for nothing. Oh, that is actually genius. I, I, I feel like this is I feel like this is, could be a huge deal. This could be the Here's beginning the of something truly, truly huge. I really I really think that people thousands of years from now, people are gonna look back and be like, why do we celebrate Thanksgiving? Why is Thanksgiving the holiday? You right. know? How did Thanksgiving become bigger than Christmas? Well, well if you trace it back, there were these December eighth. There were these goofballs <laughs> and Nick who decided we wanted it. They were gonna make a Thanksgiving we single. Wanted it. But it has to be the whole thing, it has to be a video. Oh yeah. You know, I, oh, yeah. you know, and 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 the single. I, I I really do think the single now is just that's the first thing you drop off the album. But there is an album. Oh yes, there's a video. Uh, do you see this value. album having anything to do with like DMX? Because you know DMX just dropped a Christmas song about five years ago, but now apparently we're thinking about it again. Rudolph the Red Nosed is that was it? Rudolph DMX Kobe? did a Christmas song. Yeah. yeah, he did Rudolph. He did a, rend- a, a stirring rendition of Rudolph the Red Nosed. Did he Ranger. really? Mm-hmm. He sure did. This is, and again, this is why no matter how legitimate you think an artist may be, at some point in their history, they've all done a Christmas album. Exactly. Yeah, we got to make it rain. Because of that sweet, sweet Skrilla. I'm telling you right now, uh, anyone out there watching, you want me to be on your Christmas album, I will, I've already sold out. I sold out, but I sold out for cheap a long time ago. Here's your, but here's your opportunity to sell out for real money. That's what I'm talking about. I'm in. For some real See, fondulics. Gary, 
I know that you have scruples and morals and all sorts of things like that. <laughs> no. But I have never had any of those things. I have never bought in. You know? Right. I've never stood for anything. Right. So it's easy I am for you. right for the taking when yeah. it comes to selling out. Yeah. Very easy. I mean, I, I have in the past had, had scruples and morals, but I, I, I disposed of them fairly useless. I'll dispose of them easily. Like, useless in this day and age. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Because you can just go buy them from Amazon for you again. Because you don't even have any context of what, what it's like to live a moral life. No one's ever looked at me and said, you are the authoritative voice on X, whatever right. that's going to be. Right. I purposely, I see that target and I go back the other way from it and I go to Starbucks. So you've never been in a, a situation in your life where someone's proposed something to you and you've said, no, I, I, that's not appropriate. I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. That's mm. never happened. The only time I've turned down things are when I'm just too lazy to go and do them. Right. You know? Right. That's pretty much it. For I, the I most mean, part. I, so, but the thing is, with I mean, you know, a Thanksgiving album, I don't think is necessarily, I mean, it certainly could be offensive, based, you know, depending on how you, you know, approach it. No. I think it's going to be great. I, th- I think it's going to be great. Like and I'm excited about, about it. I want to be a part of it. I love it. I, th- I, I just, you know, I don't even know what it's going to be yet, but I feel like sitting down it's and coming up with those, something, though, and coming it's up with those tracks. Yeah. I feel like it, 10 to 12 tracks, uh, Thanks for Nothing has to be one of them. Right. Right. So it'll That's be, the it'll title be, track off the album. It'll be the title track off the album. Yeah. Uh, if we can get, if anyone has a connection to DMX, uh, he, can, he can do our Cranberry song. What about Cisco? Isn't he already a friend of the kind of funny? Could, could he maybe uh, a, a, a feature on a, on a track? Gold already. See, this is why you know. Yeah. I'm glad to have you on this project. Right. Because you're thinking outside of the box. Right. How's that work? He put out a he put out a Christmas album though. Or Christmas yeah, but songs. that's again that's Christmas. He can keep his Christmas album. We're talking about the space between spaces. You know. You can do both. Thanksgiving. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Oh, no, okay. one's, no one's watching. There is this space, and I have, did actually see it come up. <laughs> about this for 15 I, I saw it come up over social media this year. Someone said, there's a bunch of Halloween stuff yeah, out yeah. there. There's obviously a ton of Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, you kind of go into this musical void where, like, what's going on? The void is waiting to be, it's aching, aching to be filled. Well, you can, f- and you can, you can feel all of the Christmas tracks queuing up in the background. Right. Because the second, and this is the thing that annoys me, right? Yeah. I look forward to Thanksgiving. I love right. Thanksgiving. Right. For whatever reason, I give myself like five days off every yeah. Thanksgiving. I yeah. need to actually enjoy my family, right? But then the day after Thanksgiving, you wake up and it's already Christmas. Oh, yeah. And well, I'm like, me, you can't have... just give me a, a half a day respite. We have a rule in our house that um, Christmas officially starts when you see Santa at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when it's, when it's officially on. Okay. So what I would suggest creatively is the, the, like the final track on the album should segue into like a Christmassy vibe. So it actually what if it kind went, of brings you, it eases you into Christmas. What if we had a subtext to the album where it starts and everyone's really excited for Thanksgiving right. and then it slowly turns into a commentary on how uh, Thanksgiving is jealous of Christmas right. and how Christmas is the bigger, better brother. Right. Chris, Christmas being like the Chris Hemsworth of the family. Right. Thanksgiving being like the Liam Hemsworth. Still great but just a different look, you know? Not right. quite as buff, not quite as tall. Yeah. And it becomes a subtle commentary on how we should end Christmas. And Thanksgiving should be all throughout the month of December and November. How do you feel about this? I, 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 I feel too like far? that's... A bridge too far? It's controversial, but that's not a bad thing. Because you'll get all your... You, know, you can go viral. It's gonna be polarizing. Yeah, that's what you want. You want people talking you about do. it. You do. It's a debate worth having. Here on the show, ladies and gentlemen, the Kind of Funny Morning Show, uh, where we, we just figured it out. So that's not going to get any better than this, but we do have some fun news coming up. Of course, uh, some fun housekeeping things. Real quick, I have a showcase this weekend. Cool, Greg, bring that up. Comedy is what I do on the weekends for five to ten people at bars who don't want to listen to me, and this will be just like that. But you could be one of those people who is drunk and not listening to me. If you come out to a Godfrey's Reality Check at Ray's Hearth, uh, that's 4701 Geary. Show starts around 820. I put 8 p.m. because 820, arbitrary time. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't look cool. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. There you go. Come out, have a drink with us. Tim will be there. Kevin will be there. Cool, Greg. You coming? Hell yeah. Fantastic. What is your uh, What is your stand up like? Is it observational? What kind of humor do you do? Uh, I do bad, bad humor. Bad humor. Yeah. Unfunny. Yeah, unfunny. Painfully unfunny. <laughs> kind of unfunny. Uh, it's a lot of, uh, as you would imagine, uh, I, I like to tackle taboo subjects a little bit and have some fun with that. Okay. Um, but I have been conservatively failing for the last eight months at it. So every in what, time, in I, what sense? Like in that bombing? I go and I bomb a lot. Oh, really? I bomb a That's lot. That's got to be awful. Like, but you've got to be able. Part of the skill, I imagine, of being a stand-up or a, 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 something you have to develop is the ability to 
power through. You got to take it, yeah. and that's actually all—all all kidding aside. Uh, part of the reason why I wanted to do it because I—I I wanted to get better at this. Yeah. I wanted to get better at hosting and feeling more confident. And there's nothing that makes you more confident uh, talking to a camera than talking to real people who aren't paying attention to you. That's way more intimidating. It's way more intimidating. Because there's a lot of people listening to us and watching us right now. But I now, can pretend like they But you can pretend exist. that they're not yeah. really, I'm not thinking about them right now. I'm performing for one person right now, Cool Greg, and right. he's not even paying attention to me. Right. He's got a hood on and the headphones over the hood, and I think they're just there to keep his ears warm. So how did you, did you start doing open mics? Like how did that, how did you start Yeah, doing I just, uh, what happened was, uh, as sort of a, uh, uh, New Year's resolution last January, we were talking about that, I brought it up as a topic, and I wanted to do something that would hold me accountable to going out there and doing creative ventures. So I said, I want to do comedy, and I want to do comedy at Kind of Funny Live 3. I want to do okay. a stand-up set. And once I put it out there, people, our audience, the best friends out there were like, we're going to keep you in check on this, and they would check back in on me and say, hey, not in a bad way, but just like, hey, what are you doing? And I knew that was going to happen. Right, so you, so you there's no backing out. You had no, to go there's no backing that. out. And so, just like anything else, you know, when you have a big deadline, I imagine you're like, well, shit, I better sit my ass down and start writing, right? So for me, it was the same thing. Yeah, like, I usually decide that about five minutes before whatever it is is due. I did too. Right. So I did a bunch of like mics the week before, right. kind of funny live three, and it right. was and I had a blast, you know, performing on stage there. Got some laughs, but but that's cheating, obviously. You're, yeah. It's like doing comedy for your family, like they're gonna give you the pity laugh. Um, but in and amongst that, I'm like, this is actually really fun, and it's very cathartic, and it's very it's very creatively like when it works. It's super rewarding. Well, I was going to say, as horrible as it is to bomb, when you actually, when something does go over and people do laugh, that's like a power-up, right? There is that's a, the absolutely. And there's a weird sort of like, you know when you get your brain in that alpha state where you're not really paying attention to what's happening consciously, you're just kind of in your subconscious, like flowing and having fun and like, you're just, you know, I imagine when you're writing and you, you get on a good thread, you're yeah, just like, boom, you're and then an zone, hour's gone yeah. by and you're like, holy shit, what's happened? That can happen, and that's happened to me a little bit here and there where I'm like, oh, I'm just connecting with this audience and my jokes are what they are, but I can tell people are having fun. I'm having fun, and then I get the light, and I'm like, oh, time to go. That's what I strive for now. So that's in the next year of How my comedy. How long do you do? Usually th between three to seven minutes on so stage. Like the tight, your tight five, basically, is kind of right there. In basically the what I'm working on right now. Yeah. yeah. I could do 10 if I had to. Right. 15 would be painful. Right. Painful. For everyone. The audience, everyone involved. Every, I think my mom involved. would feel it at home back down in <laughs> Southern California. So we'll see about that. But ladies and gentlemen, cool if you, you want to see that, this, though. it's it's super fun. It's super fun. And you, you're more than welcome to come out and say very well. Like it's uh it's at an Irish pub and uh, they serve alcohol, so that'll help uh, smooth things over. Also, congratulations to all of last night's winners. I did not watch the game awards, but there was lots of winners last night, so congratulations to everyone in that industry. Uh, it's a great celebration. I hear there was a lot of cool trailers and announcements and stuff like that. So I'm I'm assuming uh, Tim and Anthony will talk about that later on the show today. Anthony Gagos is uh, joining us for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Um, also, it's PSX weekend. Greg's gone. Joey's gone. Andy's gone. They're all down there in Anaheim. Uh, check out Greg's social feeds for all the things that he's doing. He's got an interview with Sean Layden and Shuhei Yoshida later tonight. Uh, he's also moderating the Uncharted panel, and he'll be doing autographs on Sunday at 1.30, I assume, on the convention floor someplace. So go ahead and check him out. Also, there's a Portillo's meet and greet. Get yourself a hot dog. And a, and a giant cake shake like Kevin does, and maybe go into a diabetic coma. Uh, Gary, fun. Mm. It's the, there's some fun news today that I'd okay. like to share with you and what get you your got? opinion on. First up, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom official trailer. Now, before we watch this, oh, are we going to watch the trailer now? I think we're going to watch it. We might okay. get we might get claimed, but I think we should watch it. I loved Jurassic World. I thought it was just a fun romp. I thought it was fun to revisit that world. You know, I'm a big fan of Chris Pratt. I like that Bryce Dallas Howard. Love Chris thought Pratt. Thought they had. Good chemistry, so I'm very excited for this. Okay. Let's give it a watch. All right. So, uh, what are you dating like an accountant now? Or? Owen. Ventriloquist? Stop it. You love a dummy. This is not why we're here. You can blame me. God, he's got those leathery eyes. I know why we're here. A rescue arm. Anthony, you want to come watch this over here? Island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. <laughs> Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or so this is the lost world again, basically? I think so. These creatures were here before us. Yeah, boy. There he is. If we're not careful, they're gonna be here after. 
First off, cool, Greg. Yeah. Let's download this trailer, clip out that last little musical sting from me, because every time I say anything that's poignant on this show, which admittedly is one once every six, seven months, I want you to play yeah, that. Yeah, you should have that on a button. That's like, on the, a new, button. That's like yeah. the new Inception. That's... Uh, you had me at Jeff Goldblum. I'll be honest. I support Je- whatever Jeff Goldblum does. I, I love him. Jeff Goldblum is having an incredible um, resurgence, second or third acts in his in his career, whatever you want to call it. He's like cooler now than he's ever been. Did you see Thor? No, Ragnarok. I'm so behind on movies. I have to still have to see it. I think you should watch that because I think you he is he still that show might that. be like the, the the role he was born to play. He is. It's it's like, and I've described it this way before, so the audience has heard this. But since I love you, I'll give you this. It's like he wasn't really quite sure what movie he was making, and I'm not even quite sure they gave him the full script, and he just had fun with it. I don't think he needs to know, does he? He doesn't give a shit. He just comes up and like they does his thing. Do you, let me ask you this, okay? Do you try to coach Michael Jordan, you know? No. Or do you say, just go out there and play the game? Yeah, you're just happy to yeah. have him there. Just, he's there. Just let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. He's going to win the game You cast him in the role because you want that kind of energy, you, yeah. you know, and... And, and you there's, get it. There's literally a point where I think he forgot his line and stopped talking, and he sold it so well that it's fucking hilarious. And they kept it in the movie. Well, I mean, part of, part of his shtick is that he always seems like he's just having making up making up as he goes, even when he's very disciplined. <laughs> he's just it's all like there's like a hundred trains of thought competing for attention in his brain, and you're seeing this kind of crazy mad scientist, uh, uh, the result of it all. And yeah. yeah, he's just a joy to watch in anything. God bless him. Well, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm assuming, not a great trailer. I'm assuming a lot of people are probably going to kind of tear this apart it's, like a it raptor. Ap- it appears as though his participation in this one may be limited to that courtroom Just a few stuff. scenes. I, I hope not. I don't think they're going to put him on the island. You don't think he's going to go to the island? I, I didn't see any evidence of it. That's unfortunate. It might be, they, want, they wanted him back because, you know, he's a key part of what, you know, what people remember about mm-hmm. the first Jurassic Park. Very nostalgic. Um, and so they found a way to do it, but it seemed like maybe in a somewhat... You know, he comes in and does a day. Like, he probably could have shot that courtroom stuff in a day. Probably. He's out. Takes just, his paycheck and gone. They just stuffed a giant wad of hundreds in his pocket, and they were like, Hundreds? Thousands? Did they make thousands? Do they make thousands? But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I didn't see the last one, so um, that this particular trailer in this movie holds no interest for me because I didn't, I didn't even see the previous one. The, the thing is this. It's ever since the first Jurassic Park, every iteration after it, in my opinion, has been about just having fun. This is going to be a silly, fun spectacle movie. The bad guy in this is the island, apparently. So that's cool. At least the dinosaurs aren't the bad guy this time. They're trying a little something new. Whatever. I'm going to get a giant tub of popcorn. Go see it. Enjoy Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and whoever the other guy was. And it'll be fun. I always thought the first movie was kind of a complete thought. Like, it was a really good idea. But, of course, once a movie makes that much money, you can't just leave it alone. No. Somebody, somebody funnier than me pointed out the other day, they thought it was interesting that Jurassic Park is a movie uh, built on the theme of just because something is good... You shouldn't necessarily bring it back. Right. And they've made four sequels to that movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so apparently that saying's wrong. Apparently we have to bring yes, it back. Yes, exactly. we do time. have to keep we have to do have to keep bringing things back. Yep. Uh, as long as they as long as they, you know, again, the goals it's of very the meta thing. Before you. you even knew what you had, you stuck a label on it on a lunchbox and you're selling it and you're yeah. selling it. Yeah. And that's of yeah. course, I mean, there was there was there was a meta theme going on there of course for Hollywood franchise. I never actually thought about uh, that way. That's actually well. pretty yeah. genius. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Well, so we'll, we'll continue to monitor that story as it progresses, but uh, I don't think anything's going to change that movie coming out. It's coming out. Uh, this next news story, unlike Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom is in flux. We're not quite sure what's going on with the uh, Matt Reeves-directed Batman movie. Who will be our next Batman, Gary Weta? We don't know. Uh, this story from a site called Egan.com says, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman may be in Flashpoint, but unlikely for Matt Reeves' movie. Uh, people have been saying this for a while, but Ali, uh, Alex Gilyadov says, Ben Affleck's Batman may appear in the Flashpoint movie, but is unlikely to get its own solo film. According to Variety, uh, Variety reports Affleck might don the cape and cowl once more for Flash's first solo movie, which will adapt to the popular 2011 Flashpoint comic storyline. However, it appears highly unlikely Affleck 
will actually get to portray the Dark Knight in director Matt Reeves' The Batman. Reeves reportedly wants to cast the role with fresh talent. Recent rumors suggest Jake Gyllenhaal might be up for the role, but Warner Brothers has yet to officially comment on the matter. Affleck recently said Reeves' upcoming Batman movie is something he's contemplating as he seeks a graceful and cool way to exit the Batman role. Uh, Warner Brothers has reportedly planned to reorganize DC film following the Justice League's disappointing box office performance. Uh, goes on to talk a little bit about what Flashpoint is, but since we're all comic book nerds, we all understand that. Um, not a lot of news here, other than it's sounding like more and more that Ben Affleck's really, he's just gone. He's out of this. Uh, which is unfortunate, because I've said before, I've said it again. I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. He was surprisingly good as Bruce Wayne and Batman, in my opinion. So it's unfortunate that teamed up with a very talented director like Matt Reeves, I would have liked to have seen what that Gotham would have looked like. Because even if we got a little hint of it in Suicide Squad, if you remember, did you see Suicide Squad? I, I, I watched a clip, I watched the, I didn't see the movie, because mm-hmm. I heard it was not good. But I watched like a YouTube clip of like all the Batman and Bruce Wayne scenes in it. it was, I, that was the part I was interested yeah. in seeing. I thought it was actually kind of cool. The scenes were weird, but I thought, I'm like, oh, I would like to see what this world looks like. I remember when people, when, when it was announced that Affleck was going to be Batman and everyone went, ugh. And in fact, it was the exact same reaction as when they announced Heath Ledger. I don't know if you remember. So people went, what? No. It was, uh, it was the course, exact same reaction when they announced Michael Keaton. And everyone course, was like, what the shit are you thinking? And, you know, in all, and certainly in Heath Ledger's case, it was fantastic, right? Academy Award winning. People love that Joker. Um, I think, I'm guessing that what's happened here is that, you know, had the movies turned out differently, I think, you know, Affleck would probably be happy to continue playing this role Mm -hmm. for a long time. But, you know, it's not fun to be involved in movies that just, that don't do well, that are not well liked, that underperform, it doesn't help anyone. It's just a drag. I have to, to imagine also. That are just I have to imagine also the production of them is probably somewhat they're not chaotic easy, as they're well. They're not easy films to make. You know, especially given that, and it's unfortunate, but Zack Snyder had to leave under a very unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Bring in Joss Whedon, rewrites, uh, reshoots, things like that. That's very stressful. And to have to do all that and stay somewhat fit, that's difficult, right? Especially since Ben Affleck, no spring chicken anymore. Take it from me, I'm pushing 40. Trying to stay fit is very, very difficult. Trying to stay that jacked takes a lot of energy. And so, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's easier when you've got the studio paying for all your nutrition and personal trainers to motivate you and stuff like that. Sure, but Contractually, they, you, they, you have to do all that stuff. Yeah, but you still have to pick up the weight. That's all I'm saying. Yes. At a certain point, you still got to get up in the you morning. You still got to do the work. And you got to do the deadlift. And that's difficult. And I think he also complained a little bit about, because remember, he was supposed to direct the standalone Batman That's movie. right. And he was like, it's really difficult to get in and out of the cowl and be so like, he went be from, directing. So he went from directing and acting so maybe now I'll just be in it, and now maybe won't even be Probably in it. Won't do it either. Again, it's like it's not, you know. Obviously, the overriding narrative of the of of, of these films, um, Batman, uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and now Justice League, has been that they have largely they're considered to be a disaster. Yes, right? they have not worked out. That's they're disappointed. So why do you, why would you? It's very difficult to turn that around. Whatever plans they have to to salvage or reboot or kind of turn the corner here. I don't know, but if, if I was if I was Affleck, I'd probably be like, yeah, I think I'm done. Like, yeah. why would I keep doing these? I don't blame him. I can't blame him either. But we'll see. We'll ha- we'll we'll see what happens with that. Spoilers. It's probably going to be well. I, Jake Gyllenhaal coming in. I can't see Jake Gyllenhaal looking at this and going, yeah, that seems really. That seems like something I want to do. It's easy, you know. I think in some ways it's it's fun. I'm thinking uh, it's easier. I think to play. I often prefer actors like I like Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne better than I like his Batman. Does I that do make too. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think when he plays Bruce Wayne, I believe it. Mm-hmm. When Christian Bale played Bruce Wayne, I believed it. When you put him in the suit and start making him talk like that, then then it becomes harder to to believe. Yeah, it's a little and, and it's and it's 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 that weird, almost uncanny valley because you're like I, you're so aware that it's Ben Affleck, and this is right. the problem I have is that Henry Cavill coming in as Superman, I was not very familiar with him. Obviously, my wife had seen him in like the Tudors, I think he was in, um, and he had done some other stuff. I think he did uh, another Zack Snyder film, but I really didn't know who he was. So I'm like, so okay, he's Superman to me. But when you see Ben Affleck, I can't help but think it's Ben Affleck in a Batman suit. Well, you know, and it makes me giggle. A you know what's bit. weird about it is, is the guy from Mallrats. Whether it be comics and just even just particularly talking about movies, what's interesting about it is you never get to as an audience member, you never get to experience the character of Batman the way everyone in the Batman universe does, which is to say you don't know it's Bruce Wayne. Right. Right? Which is mm-hmm. really which is a very different way to look at it. When you when you when you see Batman in the movies, you're very aware that that's a character playing Bruce Wayne playing Batman. But 
I guess Jim Gordon does know, but like the criminals and the other people in the world, that, that, that's just Batman and that's a terrifying character. Right. And in a different universe, how cool might it have been like if you didn't know the origin? If like halfway through a Batman movie, they took it, oh my God, it's Bruce Wayne? Right. Like you actually, and, and you experienced the way for a living, in the universe. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, but it's no mystery for us. And so you're always, you're always thinking of it, you're always seeing the character through the eyes of someone who knows it's Bruce Wayne, right. which is the way that no one in the universe other than, you know, Alfred and Gordon and maybe a couple of others would ever know. And so you never quite get that that that. Mystery. I always like the take on uh, that everyone always talks about, where Batman is the real character and Bruce Wayne is the costume. I always thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. And if if I were if someone were smart enough to cast me in the role and somehow figure out how to make me six four instead of five eight, um, that's how I would look at it. I'd be like, I'm playing Batman. Bruce Wayne is just another mask that I put on. Yeah, because Batman is who he really wants to right. be. Right, he wants to be the the the, the nightmare. Right, who's out there terrorizing he is criminals. He's the playboy with the ballerinas. But he, but he has to maintain this visage of being this kind of diffident, um, you know, playboy who doesn't care. I mean, actually, I thought Nolan movies did did that quite well. There are times when he has to really lean into being the right, the, right, right, and you feel how painful playboy. it is for him to in do the, that. In the same that really way that good. Superman, you know, always when when you know, I always felt like the the, the Christopher Reeve. Reeve uh, Clark Kent was the best version of it because he was so, he was such a dunderhead mm-hmm. that it was actually a really great camouflage. You bought he, it. That, even though he even though you know the whole joke about Clark Kent and Superman is like, oh oh my god you're Superman because you took you took your glasses right, off right, and suddenly right. I see you for who you are. But that was the genius. There's a great moment in um, the first Superman uh, movie when uh, Clark goes to it's either the first or the second maybe it's the first when Clark goes to visit Lois and he does this thing where he takes the glasses off because he's going to tell her. She's not in the room at the moment, but he's, mm-hmm. he's going to tell her. And he takes the glasses off. And as the glasses come off, his whole demeanor changes, and suddenly he, like, he, like, he lifts himself up, his posture changes. And it's not just the glasses. You realize that as Clark Kent and Superman, he actually carries himself completely differently, mm-hmm. and he is a completely different character, and that's why you don't put the two things right, together. Because right, right. you, you see the guy that's like constantly, oh, right away, Mr. White, and he's like completely clueless. You never think that that could be the same guy who's like the ultra confident Superman. Yeah, I believe that was the second one, right? Because that's the one I think where he was chooses the second one. to give up his powers. He was that close to telling back. it. And in fact, he the only fire scene where he, right, he, he reaches stumbles, in and he grabs, yeah. oh, and she's like, wait, why isn't your hand burnt? And he's like, well. I think he wanted to tell it because Superman would never stumble, right? No, I think no. really, he did that deliberately. It's like you had to find out. I miss those movies. I, I always thought Tarantino had a great um, take on that in Kill Bill. Remember, he does the whole speech about how. The, the bumbling Clark Kent is Superman's commentary on the human race. It's like, that's how he really sees people. He thinks they're stupid and clumsy. And <laughs> as an alien looking at a different species, right. like you guys, are, like, if I'm going to fit in among you, yeah. I have to be really stupid. Yeah, I have to dumb to, down to my intellect by myself. about 100 yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, cool, Greg. Bring up this next image. First look, Aquaman. Cool. He looks like Roman Reigns. He does look like Roman Reigns. <laughs> that's a wrestler, right? Okay, cool. There so you this go. is from the standalone. Uh, apparently, this is from the standalone Aquaman film. Not much here, just uh, Jason Momoa looking like looking Jason like, Momoa. Looking like Aquaman in the, in the movie we just saw. Yep, there you go. Uh, cool, Greg. Next image. I'm more excited about this. Click it over. Oh, this is really uh, wide. Low, low res. I know, you're zoomed in on this for some reason. Hit con- command or control minus on the image. Keep going, keep going, keep going. There it is, boom. There's the whole family. The whole family's here. Uh, I'm very excited about The Incredibles, not the least of which because it's my favorite Pixar movie, but also because apparently it picks up right where the last one left off. Well, I mean, the kids haven't aged, have they? Nope. It's supposed to literally pick up, like, I guess it picks up literally, like, remember Jack-Jack falls from the sky? Right. They figure out he has powers. The teaser of it is uh, Mr. Incredible going, you have powies and that's how i guess oh so the it's completely contiguous apparently it's going to just yeah just just start with the mole people and that fight or whatever it is but uh, i'm very excited i freaking loved the incredibles it was great i feel like that's one of those you want to write a, you want to see how a good superhero movie is written boom is it brad bird again okay. oh i don't know actually i don't know if brad bird's directing again i assume so cool greg yeah bring up the imdb for incredibles 2 got it there you go and while you do that, yeah, The Incredibles obviously one of one of the, one of the better movies. This image is great, but I mean, it could that could just as easily be from the first film. Right? Literally, they could have Not just really comped in the kid yet. in the costume, and that's pretty. That's pretty. Oh, much I it. guess that's the one thing that's, that's new, the right? Only is thing the baby, that's new is, is, the baby the, yeah. is in the costume, right? They brought Jack Jack back in. Uh, yeah, Brad it is Bird. Brad Bird. Okay, yeah. cool. It's gonna be good. Yeah, Brad well, Bird. Sam knows Jackson what he's is back. Yep. Holly Hunter, all all our favorites. They got the gangs all here, man. It's great. It's a great thing about uh, uh, the animated world is you just get everyone back in a room for like. A week <laughs> and they're good. They're ready to rock and roll. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. Uh, when did that comes out in 2018? That's great. Um, 
Before we get to this next news story, which I do want to kind of go a little more deeper into, I did want to uh, to mention a quick shout out to the cast and crew of Psych the Movie, which I watched last night. Uh, huge, huge, huge shout out to you guys. It was like coming home again. I, I, I tweeted out uh, that I was 18 minute into the film. I, I, I realized that I left an S off that minutes, but don't don't you know don't kill me. It was like midnight last night when I when I finished. Um, they did a great job with this. It's, just, I mean, they could literally bring this show back, no further preparation, not skipping a beat, and it would be just as good as it ever was. So I'm just saying right now, let's, you the audience, how do we start the campaign to bring this show back? Hashtag bring back psych, is all I'm saying. Let's do it. I loved the movie. Was it great? Just as good as psych's ever been. That's what it was. That's my, that's my, that's my mini review on that. Okay, this next news story. This is where, I, this is where I'm going to need your intellect for this, because this is breaking my brain. My intellect? Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek will be R-rated. The Revenant's Mark L. Smith, frontrunner to scribe. Now, last week they were saying, there was a story on Deadline that reported that they put together, they were, they were in the midst, him and J.J. Abrams were in the midst of putting together a writer's room to hear Quentin Tarantino's idea and make that come to fruition. Right. Well, apparently, this is moving very, very fast. So Paramount seems to be very interested in making this work. Deadline reports, reports again another exclusive after Deadline this week revealed that Quentin Tarantino's pitched a star. Oh, that was this week. Wow, it's been a long week. Star Trek films, J.J. Abrams, Paramount. The whole thing is moving at warp speed. I see what you did there, Deadline writer. I see what you did there. Uh, Tarantino met for hours in a writer's room with Mark L. Smith, Lindsay Beer, Drew Pierce, and Megan Amram. They kicked around ideas, and one of them will get the job. I'm hearing the front runner is Smith who wrote The Revenant. The film will most certainly go where no Star Trek has gone before. Tarantino has required it to be R-rated, and Paramount and Abrams agree to that condition. That's wild. That is wild. Uh, story goes on to read, most mega-budget tentpole, uh, restrict, tentpoles restrict the film to PG-13 rating in an effort to maximize the audience. That was the reason that Guillermo del Toro's $150 million at the Mountain of Madness at the Mountains of Madness, didn't go forward at Universal, even though Tom Cruise was ready to star. The exception to the rule was Fox's Deadpool, but that film started out with modest ambitions before it caught on and became the biggest R-rated film ever. Um, that is the example I was going to bring up, but apparently Deadpool, I think Deadpool only cost $50 million to make, so it was less of a, uh, a gamble for Fox than this seems to be. Well, who's to say? I mean, this, I mean, we know nothing about it, right? This could be a smaller, more contained... Idea. We don't know what it is yet. Potentially, so it might not have. Might, may not have to cost two hundred million dollars. Are knows? you Are you excited about the, pro- the 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 prospect of a Quentin Tarantino R-rated directed, J.J. Abrams produced Star Trek film? I'm open-minded about it. Me too. Uh, you know, because you know, obviously, I, I think Tarantino is is a genius, and I'm I'm sure uh, whatever idea he's got is is very interesting. I like Star Trek. I like Tarantino. It never would occur to me to put those two things together. I know a lot of people out there are saying that tonally they don't belong together. There right. are some. You know, when they started uh, uh, saying fuck on Star Trek Discovery, some people weren't thrilled about it. Yeah. Um, you know, does, does, does Star Trek need that? I mean, this is the kind of, I mean, Roddenberry right now, I'm sure, is spinning in his fucking grave. Yes, I have to imagine that if Roddenberry were alive today, he would probably be like, but I don't agree with there are many people this. that would tell you that, you know, when Roddenberry was still in charge, uh, you know, during the TNG era, that they, they struggled to make the show interesting because he had so many yeah. uh, strict rules about, you know, conflicts and things like that. Everything has to be utopian. It was hard to create good drama because there was right. no real conflict. Um, so, look, I, I, I'm open-minded about it. I'm excited to, to, to see it. I don't, I have no idea what to expect, which is part of what uh, makes it fun. I think Paramount... Um, you know, three movies into the to the, the reboot era of the films, I think are probably very open minded saying, yeah, let's try something else because these aren't really they're not the really they're yeah. not setting the world on fire. What's that? It's so let's try something. Yeah, sure, let's try something else. What do you got? I love this, and this could be just the sort of thing. Whether or not this is, I don't think this is necessarily the same thing in terms of like JJ coming on and saying, okay, it's this now. This is what it's going to be going forward, and they got to do and they pulled three movies out of that. Um, this may well be just a one and done idea, and then they go back to maybe they go back to doing Chris Pine movies or, or whatever. Who knows? But we don't know anything. That's true. That, I, I didn't I even am, think about that. I it am, doesn't necessarily have to follow. I I the don't. Crew. Have, I try not to have knee jerk reactions to things I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have a hot take when you've got so little information. Mm-hmm. A lot of people out there are kind of having fun, kind of taking you know Pulp Fiction dialogue and putting Vulcans in it and doing all the silly jokes that they're going to do. That's what social media is for. God bless us. But uh, I'm, I'm open-minded and I would say mostly uh, optimistic. All the people that have got in the writer's room are very talented writers. Uh, let's see. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. I think that's a good. I think that's good. My, thing, my take on this originally was, hell yeah, why not? 
I'm a big Star Trek fan. I loved the 2009 Star Trek when they brought that back and kind of retconned a little bit with the, you know, the alternate future that we have in this right, new one. You know, right. I was like, this is kind of a fun way to do it. I liked the spirit of it. I liked the style of it. I was in from the from the opening credits and that like cowboy, like the the sort of western style music that they did for it. I'm like, cool. Why not? Uh, Into Darkness comes around. I'm like, Benedict Cumberbatch. Why not? That sounds great. They're getting, but the problem is, I like I said, I just watched Beyond. Not a bad movie, just missing that X factor in it. And I feel like if you want X factor, there's one man that's full of it, and that's Quentin Tarantino. You never know what you're going to get with this guy. Uh, Hateful Eight, four-hour stage play that was filmed. Loved it. Went inside. so long, had to have a, 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 a break in the middle. What do they call those? Uh, intermission in the middle of right. it. Right. And I was like. I'm in, I love this, because as you know, I pee five to ten times during movies, because I drink a lot of caffeine, and I have the bladder of a small old person. Right. Yeah. So you like intermissions? Love Wish that, I, I think it's a thing that I, I mean, I legitimately wish they'd bring those back to movies. Do you know there's a website, you might like this, my wife uses it, there's a website you can go to, I'll have to send you the link, that will tell you the best time to go, to run to the bathroom during a movie, based on, like, you will miss the least if you go during this five minute period. Please send me that link. Yeah. Because inevitably, if you were to see me at the movies, yeah. what you would see is a very attentive viewer, and then about an hour in. Starts to fidget? Fidget a little bit. Yeah. Then about an hour and five minutes in, you would see me get up, politely walk to the end of the aisle. For oh, whatever I would reason, imagine you were already on the aisle. No, for whatever reason, I like to sit in the middle. I, like, I can't. I like to be dead center, okay. which is stupid because then it's counterintuitive. But you're going to inconvenience all these poor people. Three times at least in the movies. Then I run down. Then I'm sprinting. Oh, they must love you. Oh, the they theater. hate me. They hate me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Bam. Sorry. I'm sorry. Off. Sorry. When we say bold, <laughs> right? And then I run. Luckily, uh, we we we've lucked out when we go see a lot of these bigger movies because we over at Century Night in Daly City. So the the big theaters right around the corner from the bathroom. But I will run as fast as I can. Right. And risk slipping. Still wash your hands. Hundred percent. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm an, I'm a weird anal retentive germ freak when it comes to that. So, but I'll wash as fast as possible. Quick wash, yeah. You know, and, and then, then I, and then I get back, out. I don't bother drying the hands. I don't drying the hands. Don't the second round of, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, it's sorry. But luckily now they have these, uh, you know, they have these recliner chairs oh, where there's those. like a half a foot of space. I love those. They're it's easier. Phenomenal. You, don't, you don't actually have to like go like this. Well, do you, I mean, you, you remember the time when we had the old chairs, right? The old plastic chairs that didn't recline and that barely had any padding to them. And that they put you, your knee was up against the other chair no, in front of you. No, these new theaters that have like the big kind of Barker lounge, seats that go way back. But it's like an extra couple of bucks. So worth it. Worth it. So worth it. You give it. me a blanket, I'll, I'll pass out, take a, little, take a little cat nap before the movie starts. Oh my God, we I'm saw really um, last year when, uh, when I was uh, in Florida visiting uh, uh, my wife's family, we, we all went to see Rogue One. Um, at a theater there. I think, I think it's called like Dolby Prime or mm. something like that and these theaters are all decked out and these seats, they went all the way back and the sound was so loud that the seat, is, it wasn't um, Divas, was it was in Florida, it was in Florida, Orlando. Okay. And the seats were just like vibrating with all the bass hits from the soundtrack. Oh my God, it's the best way to see a movie. I'm actually dreading seeing um, The Last Jedi because we're seeing an IMAX, which I love. Okay. But the IMAX seats are the old, you know, right, the, the IMAX right, right. are those old seats that don't recline at all. Yeah. And we're sitting on the edge, and you know me, I gotta be like, I like to be dead center. So we'll see what happens. When it comes to to the to like the premiere franchises like Star Wars, yeah, the viewing experience, I get nervous. Because I like, don't like it because you you are surrendering perfect. You are surrendering your viewing experience to all these other people. It only takes a couple of people to ruin it for you. You know what else? You know what else? It bothers me, and I'm, I I I. I don't even want to say it because I don't want to put it out there because you might see it. Every now and again, there's something wrong with the screen. Oh, it's the worst. I, um, and I hate it. I, I hate it. I, my I, brain fixates on it. It waits for a bright shot, and I'm like, there it is. There's that weird there stain was, when on the we, fucking When we went to screen. see, I'll give you the most recent example of it. Because I, I, I rarely go to the, to the movie theater. I really rarely see movies at the cinema anymore, partly because I don't like all the unknown, uncontrollable variables. Like other people, like there's always some jackass... In the in the theater, mm -hmm. you know, spoiling the movie for you. Or well, again, there's something wrong with the projection. Um, I remember when we went to the Independence Day, opening the first one or the newest the first one. one. Okay. Opening weekend, the screen was the first 20 minutes. The screen was split, so the bottom half of the screen was on the top, and the top <laughs> was on the bottom. Um, it was kind of like a TV that had lost its vertical hold. I guess today's kids wouldn't even understand what that is. No. When the image used to roll. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And it was just, so it wasn't just rolling at the wrong, it wasn't catching the shutter yeah. properly, and it was just hitting, it was showing the next frame on the and top. And then the first, we, we, so we went to see That's It. That's hilarious. The most okay. recent one, we yeah. went to see It. And for the first 15 minutes, there was nothing wrong with the projection, but nobody had turned down the house lights. 
They were still full on. And the first 10 minutes is the whole thing with, you know, Pennywise in the drain and like you want to be, you want the lights down for the full effect. The lights were on the whole way. So the screen looked really dim. It's just really annoying. And you hear people going, turn the lights down. And like, it's just ruining the experience for you. Especially when it's a movie you really want to see. I hate it. If I could, if I had the means, I would rent the theater. Oh, yeah. And just sit there with three of my friends, and that would be it. This is why when I go, I usually, if it's a movie I really want to see, I will wait for it to die, wait for the craziness to die mm-hmm. down so it's not busy. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go, the, whatever the first morning is, the 9.30 a.m. show, when there's virtually no one else in there. That's how I prefer to see it. Oh, I do that all the time with my wife. We yeah. call it the kids an old people show. Yeah. And we love it. Yeah. We love it. If, if I could see the movie before I have breakfast, fantastic. I don't get anything out of the experience of like, Horror movies and comedies are good when it's fun, when like everyone's laughing along sure. and going, ah, you know, but like when it's just a big movie, like a Star Wars or whatever, mm-hmm. people are going, Raw! like that to me doesn't add anything to the experience. I just want you all to shut the fuck up, <laughs> turn the lights down, and I just want to watch the movie. Let me do my thing. Yeah. Uh, did you see The Disaster Artist yet? No, it's, on my, it's, it's out, right? It's, it's on out. my list. I, I really recommend see seeing it in theaters yeah. because the audience reaction, it's one of those. Where it's just kind of commonly upheld that it's just going to be a f- like anything goes right. because the room has been there for so long. The you know the Rocky Horror Picture Show and like all the antics that go along with watching the Midnight Show. Oh, like, yeah. The room has all those, and people are now bringing that energy over to watch the Disaster Artist. Oh, uh, like everyone see, laughs I, I at everything. I don't want that though. It's, I just want to see the movie. It, it actually made the movie more fun for me. Because everyone laughs, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, and you've seen The Room, of course. No. Oh, you've not seen have The Room? Not, have not you seen it. You know, part it. of the reason why you haven't seen it is that he won't release it. You, have to, you can still only buy the DVD directly from him. You can't really? just go on Amazon and get it. It's not on iTunes. It, you know, uh, are you familiar with the Clay Theater over on Fillmore? Yes. They play it every other month. Oh, they, do they, they? Yeah, it's always there. I always see that ghoulish like poster oh, of face. him like, looking I remember at driving around. I thought it was a horror movie I remember for the driving time. around LA years ago when that billboard was up thinking really? that it was a joke. Like, what is this a real movie? And then for a while, it was it was a big thing in Hollywood. Like someone's got a someone's got a, a DVD of the room, and people would get together and watch it because it was legendary. Well, apparently, it is every bit as good as everyone says it is. But I like the disaster. It's also it also like gave disaster or created my favorite tweet of 2017. Which one? Which I can't remember who it was. Someone will go find it. It's like the reviews for the disaster artist they're in. It's receiving high marks. <laughs> It doesn't get any better than How that. How can you not like that? That is fucking amazing. Uh, Gary, let's yes. move on what from news. Uh, we're going to talk some tips real quick, but while we take tips, hey, cool, Greg, can you get with Kevin? I think Joey's traveling right now. She did not fill in the PSL of his best friend XOXO or the giveaway. Could you get uh, Kevin to do that real quick? We'll go over some tips, and if uh, while we're doing that, we'll take some comments as well. Uh, let's see. Of course, if you guys want to tip us, we take tips at the $5 or above level. We'll read whatever you write in there. And yes, I mean whatever. So if somebody so gives you $5, you have to read out what they say? We do. Sometimes, every okay. once in a while, I'll edit it because someone will say something so terrible that I'm like, I'm just not, those aren't going to come out of my mouth. Right. But right. Uh, for the most part, everyone's pretty cool about it. Uh, our first step is from Ready Edgemont. It says, hey, Kevin, I tweeted you a parts list for a new kind of funny PC. If you're, ca- if you're cautious on building from scratch, I'd love to stop by next time I'm in SF for GDC and help. Much love from NetherRealm Studios. Uh, we'll make sure Kevin gets that. He's not hosting. You should do a today. PC build on kind of funny one time. Well, we content. need a new PC for our uh, our streaming computer starting to shit the bed a little bit. Did so. you see that Nvidia just released this new uh, GPU? It's, it's it's painted gold, and it's got like thirty trillion transistors in it or something. Jesus! I just saw it today on Ars Technica. Maybe you should get one of those. I'll get them to send <sighs> don't you. Don't tell Kevin. Oh, that'd be fine. But don't tell Kevin because Kevin goes. Someone priced out a PC for us, and it was like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, you can in go what higher than that. fucking world are we? No, guys, no. We have a budget here. Are you but kidding if it is, me? But if, but if it's, but if it's, we're if in it's, a two-bedroom apartment in San Francisco. Right well, now. yeah, but if it's, but if that PC is like the warp core of your entire operation, why well, you wouldn't skimp on that? Would it you? is, but at the same time, I just feel like. The gains we're going to get from like a $5,000 PC, which still seems pretty insane to me, versus a $20,000 PC for streaming on Twitch, I just don't think it's going to be worth the extra 15 grand. I'd rather spread that money in, in out amongst our contributors like you. I think you're a much better yeah, you should, investment. No, you're right. You should definitely save money on the PC and pay me instead. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? When you're a business owner, you have to make these concessions. Sometimes. I'm trying to figure out how you, I mean, I, I, I know you can do it. 
Um, but I'm trying to figure out like what are the parts that, that, that comprise a $20,000 PC. Apparently it was an i9 and like three graphics cards. Yeah, you'd have to and chain like a lot of... 800 megabytes or gigs of RAM or some yeah, shit like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's way, just, more, way more than you would ever it's need. It's everything that you not wouldn't need for this. If we were going to do that, we would revamp. For $20,000, I could revamp the system to actually have like picture in picture and pl- an actual yeah. playback. Yeah, or buy, we'll a, or buy a mid-range Mac. <laughs> Shots, fi- <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> You guys talking about the PC thing? Uh, yeah. No, but did you get a chance to... We were just wrapping up can the you grab PC the chat. PC, I love this best yeah, friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I haven't done it in a year. You and me both. I'm so like that and the giveaway, if you could pick someone for that, yeah, that would I'm, be great. I'm, I'm, try- I'm like hitting up Joey to be like, hey, where are the, like, where do you get that information? Oh, it's all, there's two. If you just Google the, the, the documents, you'll see them. One's PS, I love this best friend. XO, and the other one's giveaway document. You'll find them. I don't think I have access to them. You should, well, Tim does. I just asked. All right, whatever. Figure it out. If not, we'll do two on Monday. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. We're going a little long anyway. So actually, you know what, Kev? Yeah. Just remind me, we'll do two on Monday. That's what okay. we'll do. Everyone, sorry about that. But we're having a great discussion here. Let me finish these tips real quick. And uh, uh, Panzer G2 says, paying my Mary Wood attacks. Gary, have you ever considered writing a Star Wars game? Everything you write is just so good, and there's a severe lack of Star Wars game in my life. Says Panzer G2. Well, I mean, there are they are making a lot of. There's still a lot more Star Wars games coming, right? Yeah. Respawn's yeah. got one. Uh, Jade mm-hmm. Raymond's uh, company, Ms. Motive, is working on one. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff coming. Um, I don't know if they necessarily need. Uh, Would you ever consider writing a Star Wars game if they reached out to you? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, fun, every, huh? I, I mean, I've I've written Star Wars now uh, for uh, f- for film, television, and books. Uh, books. Right. Uh, and uh, there's actually one other thing that I can't talk about yet, but that's in a different medium. Um, so who Podcast. knows? Who knows? Joking around. Well, when can you talk about that? Do you know? Next year. Fantastic. I look forward to next year. 2018 going to be a great year. More Star Wars. Drew Baca, 1313, says, Nick, speaking of accountability, the new year is just around the bend, and I was wondering how much y'all crush Darren, how much you'll crush Darren Brazil in the Jackmanoff. Yeah. The Jackmanoff's still happening. I fully intend on our anniversary stream to... Uh, show off my lack of gains uh, physically for uh, for all you all. If Darren wants to join, great. If not, I automatically win. But uh, the one thing I will say is I'm going to keep it going. I'm issuing another challenge right now, Jack went off 2018, because this has been so motivating for me that I want other people to get into this. I want to open it up to anyone that wants to be involved in this uh, from our friend community. So maybe we'll maybe you'll see a little bit of that on the show. And I want to get people a picture. I want I want to create a set of circumstances that forces me to go to the gym every day or I will be shamed, basically is what I'm saying. In a positive way, not in a negative way. Positive way. Positively shamed. Positively motivated, I should say. Okay. Shame, bad word. I'm not going to say that. Okay. Positively motivated toward healthful gains. How about okay. that? All right. We're going to do that. Minimum Cortez has given us a tip and says, is water wet? Link for reference. And he gave us a YouTube video. Cool, Greg. We'll watch that YouTube video when he's back in his seat and tell us whether or not it is good. Uh, Gary, we're getting a bit long in the tooth, so guys, I apologize. We will do PSL of this best friend, XOXO, and two giveaways on Monday to make up for this. But I do want to talk to you guys a little bit in the chat and give you an opportunity to ask Gary some questions. Uh, so we'll take the old three and three. Three questions, comments, or compliments from the non-subscribers, and then we'll talk, to, of course, to the chosen few, the subscribers on our channel. Cue them up. Let's see where we're at here. Oh, these, are coming, these are coming in live? These are coming in live. Default Xander says, I'm in, Nick. Fantastic. Building, building the army. Uh, Greedy Ear says, you're on, Nick. So you're crowdsourcing your motivation. I like yeah. that. It's a good idea. It actually works. It's weird to say, but it keeps me accountable. You know all those nights where you're like, I should do this thing, but then you use the simplest excuse to not do the thing? Oh, I know it well. Well, if you, on the next day, had 1,500 people go, hey, did you do that thing? I believe it or not, it's a really strong motivation. I don't know. I think I could probably easily tell 15,000 people to, to fuck, fuck off. off. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> easy. Very easy. I was in a jog the other morning, but I thought it might increase my Jordan. And I was thinking, is that a good excuse? But no. That's a fucking terrible excuse. But it's true. That's a terrible excuse. First off, don't jog in Jordans. Those are probably going to hurt your feet. Let's get you some jog. I'll, I'll buy you some jogging shoes later. Some cheap jogging shoes. Um, no, but it's interesting. Like, I find... I, I have all these little excuses for why I can't do the things that I do. And, but you know in the back of your head, you're just listening to that little voice. It's like, come on, be lazy. And I hate that voice. So I'm, looking, I'm always looking for ways to, to, to shut that voice up. And one of them is seeing in the chat every day, hey, how's the Jackman off going? Hey, how's comedy going? Hey, how's whatever XYZ right, going? Right, you know? right. And it's actually nice because there are a lot of people out there, obviously in our community, that are awesome. That they don't, they're not, it's not about saying, hey, you failed. It's about saying, hey, 
did you try? Yeah. Because if you didn't try, we want you to try. We, we're here for you to support you trying. Sorry, my legs, I got cords on my leg like a small snake. Uh, let's see what else. You see G.K. Dot's comment about uh, in the Scythe movie, it's Rick Blair's daughter is Heather. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. She did a great job in it. Uh, Danny Blanco says, Gary, what's the origin of the PC gamer coconut monkey? I don't know what that means. That was there before me. When I, was, when I worked on uh, PC Gamer Magazine back in the late 90s, we had a mascot. His name was Coconut Monkey. Uh, and it literally was a coconut, uh, like, you know, a, a, a coconut that had, like, you know, like Mr. Potato Head kind okay. of thing, but it was a, a co- it was a coconut. And I think it was something that our publisher of the magazine at the time had brought back from vacation or something, and it just sat on the desk, and then it became, he became our de facto uh, mascot, and we, we put him into CG, and he was like a little character that took you through the... Uh, through the CD-ROM, the cover disc that we had on the magazine every month, and he was out, and we applied him to a lot of different um, stupid. Anytime we did something really stupid, uh, it, you know, it was, it was branded he was the as a coconut monkey venture. Yeah, so he was your Kevin, basically. Is I, I don't know. Is that how Kevin's viewed around here? Kevin is, that... is viewed as as basically a coconut monkey. Yeah. Okay. He's just an absurd, absurd human being that uh, we use to uh, to show people how absurd life can be sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was a game that Coconut Monkey was developing for us for a long time called Gravy Trader. Okay. Uh, and it, <laughs> it never came out, but I keep hearing that it's still in development. It may actually come out one day. But no, he was um, he was our mascot. He was all over PC Gamer in the late nineties. I don't think he's there. So much anymore. I don't know. We've been okay. through a lot, of, a lot of editors since me, but he was a very popular character. As right. you can see, people are still asking about it. They him. are indeed. They are indeed. Uh, Panzer Two says the coconut monkey is awesome. Uh, IBF Shonser says, "Ask Cool Greg his shoe size, and I have some uh, some Brooks he can have. They're high end running shoes." Eleven. Eleven, he says. That's my that's my shoe size. Yeah. Um, Tom wins again, says, lost 15 kilograms since I met Nick at GDC, but need to work on muscle gain now. God there damn it, go. I'm missing HQ trivia. The things I do. What is HQ trivia? Oh my God, have you not tried HQ trivia? No, I don't so need more distra- I'm distracting enough in my own life. It's I don't a live, more It's a live um, trivia game that is played every day at 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific with a, with a live host. And it's full screen on your phone. Really? And it's like, who wants to be a millionaire? He asks you 12 trivia questions. And if you get through to the end, you win real money. I've won a little bit of money playing it. It's really fun. So it's usually a $1,000 prize pool twice a day. Okay. Usually about 20 or 30 people answer all. Uh, I think I won 10 bucks. First time I won money, I won like three bucks the second time. But it's, oh my God, it's like, it's like the, big, it's the big thing right now, HQ Trivia. You I get had no on, idea this was happening. I'm, get it I'm, on your phone. There'll be another game. There's a game right now. There'll be another one at 6 o'clock tonight. I'll tell you who would probably be very happy if I had that on my phone, Andrea Renee. She's always oh, poking her head in here you saying, you got to wrap it up. You got to wrap it up. And I always go past noon. So if I had that milestone, like if I had that, well, that I mean, marker that's, on that's my That's how I know it's noon because I just got my HQ Trivia uh, alert. Well, let's my, get, let's get you out of here. We, yeah, we're yeah, just, yeah. we just wanted a subscriber only. We'll take a couple. Of course, if you guys want to be a subscriber, you get Amazon Prime. Do it. Do it. Um, Gary, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Says Spasmgasm440. Uh, hard one. I don't know. You know, I should have a better answer to that because I do get asked it all the time. Uh, Akbar. Akbar. Yeah. Bold. Yeah, I Leader. tried to put, I actually tried to put him in Rogue, but then we found out after I wrote him into Rogue One, JJ got to me first. We found out afterwards that Akbar was in uh, Force Awakens. He'd um. already used him. And so that's how, um, but we still wanted to have a character like that. That's how Admiral Raddus ended up in Rogue One. That was originally Akbar. And then we thought, really? oh, JJ got to Akbar first. So we created Admiral Raddus instead. JJ. JJ! Always taking on the like good. Taking on Newman. Newman. Always taking all those good characters. We have two minutes left to start the trivia. Wing Fan191 was saying, We Americans don't do kilograms, says Justin Ryan Beer. It's true. We have pounds, which makes no sense. Yeah, America really needs to get on the metric system. We fucking do. so much simpler. We do. Uh, Nick, the Game Awards produced a genuinely fun clip yesterday. Please watch it. You gave us a clip for that. Uh, is it the Fuck the Oscars clip? It might be. Let's, well, let me see. That's what this the one is. that I've been seeing a lot of. I'm guessing it's that. Oh my God, this is Disaster Artist. Shout out to Megan Mullally. She looks fantastic. Let's see. Yeah, it is. Is this it? You want to pull this up real quick, Cole Greg? Let's watch this. Jeff Keeley, I swear to God, if you claim us for this, I'm calling you directly. It's a five-minute clip. We're not going to watch it. No, nah, we're not watching that. Okay. Forget it. I'll watch it later. Thank you for that clip, guys. Uh, 
No, we're not going to go into that one either. You know what? Gary will be back. On this. There's lots of good questions here that are actually would be very, very good. I'd love to hear you. Uh, this bat child said, Gary, how would you have fixed Jar Jar's uh, issues, quote unquote? We won't go into that, though. Issues? Very... What were his issues? Well, the issue that everyone hates Jar Jar. Oh, that everyone hates him? Yeah, okay. I think was he was just a bad character that a lot of people, a lot of people see him as not a great character. Oh, I, wasn't, I, wasn't I didn't a... know that until a couple months ago when Kevin told me. Because you were a child when you watched the movie, and it was designed for you. You were de- you, The character I mean, of Jar Jar I... was designed... So that you could have a goofball character to watch and be like, great. But when I was, I was a 37 year old man when I watched that movie for the first time, and I was like, I don't like this character. Makes He's tripping me out a little bit. Makes a lot tripped of me out a little bit. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for your morning shows for this whole week. Like I said, we'll do the, uh, we'll do a PS I Love This Best Friend XOXO and the giveaway again on Monday. We'll do a couple more of those just to make up for our lack of. Uh, organization on this show today. Gary, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Always, always an fun. absolute pleasure talking always movies fun. with you. Uh, Gary, we'll be back uh, either on Games Daily or Morning Show, I assume, either next week or... Nope, either next week or in the new year. Uh, I will be back in about five seconds to read subscribers, and Anthony Gallegos joins us for Kind of Funny Games Daily with Tim Geddes in about ten minutes, so stick around for that. Love you all. Have a great weekend. Bye.